Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So what is an indie parent? Well, parents who are self-employed, entrepreneurs, parents who like to make their own rules and schedules, and basically just want a flexible life. That's why we are here. That's why we are doing this to help parents who want to join this lifestyle, parents who are already doing this lifestyle and need support because it's a, it's a crazy life. It's, it's not normal. So I want to welcome you to the Indie Parent Podcast. This is a new podcast that I'm doing. My name is Amy Belgart and my co-host, Desiree Fawn. And um, we're going to get into more of our personal stories of, of why we are indie parents and why we decided to live this lifestyle and kind of the direction that we want to take with this podcast um, in a minute. But I just want to remind you that we will be doing a new podcast every single Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. So I hope that you will join us and I hope that you will subscribe while you're here. Go to theindieparent.com. And it will take you to our blog talk radio show. From there, you can visit our Facebook group, which is a cool group where we all chat about our daily challenges and ask for advice and all of those things. You could subscribe to our iTunes podcast, all of that at theindieparent.com. Okay, so today's topic, what is an indie parent? What does that mean? And this is sort of a term that Desiree and I just came up with. We were at Blog Her, which is a big blogging conference for women last year, and we started talking about um, us working at home and running these really big businesses from home, yet our lives were crazy. We're in sweatpants all day, and you know, we, when you were in a conference environment like that, we were talking to other moms who are in the same, doing the same things every day, and then we thought, wouldn't it be cool to have a community where we can all sort of support and lift each other up because, you know, locally, I, I don't know a whole lot of parents who are doing what I'm doing, but yet there's a lot of us scattered all, you know, around the country. And of course, Desiree, she's in, she's in Canada. So um, two countries, but I'm sure it's happening everywhere. And we just wanted to create a community of indie parents. So here we are. We didn't know it was going to take the shape of a podcast we didn't know what we were going to do with it. We didn't know if it was going to be a website or a newsletter. And it may still evolve to a newsletter and speaking gigs and things like that. But right now we're doing this podcast and we're really, really excited that you're here. So I'm going to pass it on to Desiree. And we're going to go into our personal journeys to become an indie parent, why we wanted to become an indie parent, why this lifestyle is important to us, and what we're currently doing as far as our businesses go. I've had a bit of a strange journey to become this indie parent type thing. Uh, my daughter is six. And when she was born, I sort of had that decision of, do I want to go back to work eventually? Do I want to, what do I want to do? Um, and I had randomly seen a tweet from Amy, who I didn't know back then, mm -hmm. asking for writers for some blog called Momsburg. 
Um, and on that end of things, the rest is history because it's six years later and I'm still writing for her. You can see my stuff on there, a little self promo. Um, <laughs> but that wasn't, I mean, that was not a full-time job, obviously. And yeah. in the beginning I wasn't paid for it. Right. Rat yet there, Amy, but I mean, no, we all I, mean, I wasn't paid. I had no pay to give. Yeah. I was like, I could promote your stuff. Uh, that's exactly. all I got for you. <laughs> Back in the, back in the day. But at that point it was like, um, another friend who I had randomly met through a, um, through a mom group, uh, locally, she was like, Hey, I've been writing for some blogs. If you like to write, I can probably get you a gig. That's how I started writing for celebrity baby scoop back in like 2009. Um, and I wrote for them for a few years and I did social media management on that end of things. Um, and as the years went by, I just sort of added a blog here and a blog here and was working on SoFond.com, which is now SoFondLifestyle.com, um, and building that up. And things were going fairly well. When my daughter's father and I split, I started looking to, well, should I be getting a, and I'm doing air quotes now, real job mm-hmm. that pays better, that et cetera, et cetera, because I felt like it was I was supposed to. Um, so I did the craziest thing possible and I bought a clothing store. Makes total sense. Yeah. (laughs) Right up my, yeah, no. And it ended up being the most ridiculously expensive lesson that I ever learned. And the lesson was I freaking hate retail. (laughs) (laughs) And to know after the fact, right? Good to know. Good to know. But I was 25 and I bought a store and I tried to do it and it was not for me. And a year later, I ended up in the hospital on uh, my, we'll call it my near death bed uh, with, I had sepsis and my whole body was shutting down. And I believe that that was the universe telling me to stop, literally stop. You cannot go on any further. And Eventually I got out of the hospital and I was fine. But as I was laying in that hospital, I was having this super cliched moment of holy crap. I'll try not to swear in this podcast. Um, I was like, what if I die here and I have died miserable with my work, not having spent the last year with my family and just completely unhappy with the way that my life is going. And I was like, and this is how I'm going to end it. No, this can't happen. Yeah. Yeah. So I was finally well enough to go back to work. I got back to my store and I remember standing there in the first day and just being like, no, I can't, I can't be here anymore. And a couple weeks later, I literally shut the doors one night, packed up everything and left and uh, shut it down. And that was it. No, we're going out of business sale, nowhere, anything. I just, I had to be done. It had to be over. And, uh, that's, that's how it ended. So, um, my partner at the time, uh, Rich, my current partner, um, he supported me fully in this because he saw how miserable I was and he saw how it affected me. And, uh, we proceeded to have some very rough times after that, because I had literally gone from, you know, making crummy money at the store to making nothing (laughs) and starting to pick my blogging jobs back up again, one by one. And I think in 
I was making maybe $200 a month when I quit the store from other writing jobs. And uh, let's not play games. $200 a month is not enough to do anything (laughs) on. I couldn't even put gas in my car. Um, So the first little while was devastatingly difficult. Um, And it was hard on our relationship and it was hard on everything. We were stressed. Um, We ended up moving to a family farmhouse, which uh, alleviated some of the stress. It was lovely to be in the country and to have a little more of a relaxed lifestyle out there. And I just went to work blogging. I just put my nose to the grindstone and just did it. And I was like, there is no other option for me right now. I am going to make this work because I have to make this work. And I think it was that sort of drive and determination to not give up and a little bit of my German stubbornness where I was just like, no, this is the way it's going. I have to make this work or I'm totally screwed. (laughs) Um, And now two years later, um, and I feel so elated to be able to say this, two years later, I made more per year then my partner, who's been in broadcasting for 12 years, um, and things are going so well, in fact, that he just resigned from his job, and actually tomorrow is his last day. Yay! Um, it's so exciting. And, and it's so exciting because I never thought that I would even have a survivable income two years later, but let alone right. that he's able to leave his because I'm so busy and I need him on my team, which is why we launched socialkits.com, um, which is social, social media management and training, et cetera, um, sort of in our local area and beyond. Um, so with, I'm like, I, I feel like I'm just like glowing now because I can see the look in his face as to how thrilled he is to be able to leave his job and have that drive and passion to be able to do the things that he has always wanted to do like to take his own creative path and not be working for someone. And uh, we were at a cafe the other day and he looked at me and he's like, you know what? I just realized that I'm just sitting here smiling. He's like, Mm. I haven't haven't done that in a long time. And he was just so happy about the things that we are going to be doing together and the, the, services that we're going to be offering through this new business that we can work on together. And it's the whole mindset of the more I do, the more income I could potentially earn, the more difference I can make in other people's businesses. And it's not, it's not thankless anymore. There's no more working your butt off and just getting your paycheck at the end of the day, the end. Now there's going to be something where we can actually both work together and, and thrive doing what we love. And I, there's just nothing better than that. And we're, uh, we're totally psyched to be at this point. Yes. I mean, it's really all about freedom, right? Mm-hmm. I and mean, freedom the, with uh, everything, freedom to travel was, when you want freedom to make as much money as you want. I mean, think about it. Exactly. We can exactly. We determine how much we make. We don't have someone else tell us that. And then we complain about it. It's up to us. So if we don't work, we don't get paid. We work a lot. We get paid a lot. You know, so I I want to raise, I I find a way to get a raise. If I want to be doing something else, I find a way to make it happen. Yeah. And, um, you know, we're going to talk more about taking that leap too in a future episode, because it is, it can be scary, especially if it's not something that you've done before, or it's not really ingrained into your, into your mind. 
once I left my job, when I was the full-time breadwinner, I came home to be with my son, my oldest son, full-time. And my husband was only working about three hours every morning on a popular radio show. He was a co-host and producer. And the pay was horrible. It was horrible. There's no money in broadcasting. There's no money in radio. <laughs> There's no money in radio. It's, we have it's, a lot of friends in radio, and they also do other awful. things all the time. Yeah, I mean, it's awful. And there was, like, no room for growth unless you're a really famous broadcaster or radio show host. They, yeah. And they just still don't get paid great. But, yeah. I mean, just to be Unless you're Howard honest, Stern, then you're not should, a Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Just full disclosure, he was only making about $18,000 a year. And that's what we were living off of, which is like, I think about that now. And I think, how, why did I quit my job? That was insane. Like, cause I was making more yeah. than that. And then I had insurance was completely covered because it was a state job. But here's the thing. I hated every bit of it. And I did not want that lifestyle. I didn't want to be away from my son. I didn't want my son to grow up. And his parent, his mom hated her job. And then she had to be away from him. I didn't want any of yeah. it. So my, when I, when I came home and we were living off of just this $18,000 income with really no growth. So what he ended up doing and what he had wanted to do for a while was to have a recording studio. He had a background in music. Uh, the whole reason why he and I met is because we were both in rock bands, but he had a music background. He wanted to record bands, like record band albums. And then he started writing jingles because he worked at the radio station. And that was a way for him to find people who needed jingles for commercials and things. So he had that connection and, and, and thought of that and thought, well, what can I use? How can I use my job that pays crappy as a leverage for my own thing? And he did. He started writing jingles. I you know, I mentioned that he didn't have a demo and he, he told him that he did. And he went home, made a demo and, and uh, gave it to him at the end of the day and got his first job. And so he, he uh, at first was re- doing bands at home, recording bands at home in our tiny little house, doing jingles. And then eventually he, he rented a space and had a space to, to do, uh, to record rock bands, which Thank God, because it was terrible having rock bands in our home, um, in my home, you know, it was, it was a totally weird lifestyle. Um, but you know, he was doing whatever he could using his talents to make as much money as he could. And I will say it still wasn't a ton of money and we had debt because we had to buy equipment for him to make this happen. He had to have equipment. He had to have microphones to record drums and guitars and, and he needed a a synthesizer to make jingles. Uh, So, you know, we were in this weird, we weren't making a lot of money, but yet he was working for himself and we just made it work. But I mean, it was stressful. I mean, we never knew when we were getting in our next paycheck. It was feast or famine. It was hard to budget because we didn't know when we were getting a next check. We were totally relying on, um, a very small, regular paycheck from the radio station, but then everything on top of that that Ryan did for his business was all inconsistent. We never knew when it was coming. We didn't know when some people took forever to pay, you know? Yeah. So anyway, we did that for a long time where I didn't work. I think as my oldest son got older, I had more time to really think about what I wanted to do, especially when he started going to, to school full-time. Did I want to just still be home and just kind of support 
Ryan's career, you know, I did all the paperwork and the taxes and things like and in that nature for him. But I was also inspired that he did this crazy thing and he made this work. And every, as each year went by, he was making more and more money and getting more and more opportunities. And it was becoming less and less stressful on our family. And, and that's one thing to note. This isn't something that you just jump right in and all of a sudden you're, you're making top level income, you know, and you're, you know, this is like a, a, a process. You have to yeah. keep at it and, and then it will build and become your full-time career. But I, I was inspired that he did this and I had more time for myself because my son was in school all day and I was, I was home and I, I missed having like a project. I missed having an outlet for me. You know, I tried to do some MLMs before I, I tried Avon for a while back when my son was still home and I just, I just wasn't passionate about it. Couldn't get into it. seems like I tried a couple of other things like that. Oh, I cleaned houses here and there for some extra income because I really was trying to take some of the pressure off of my husband being the only income provider. And, right. you know, it was okay, but it wasn't something I was passionate about. It's like a, you get really passionate about cleaning someone else's toilets. You know, you do it because you have to do it at the time. And I started getting into eBay. I don't even remember how or why I started, but I think it was back when everyone was talking about eBay businesses and there were books out. I remember I read a book about yeah. how to set up your own eBay store and um, how to make money selling on eBay. I read a lot of um, business books like Rich Dad, Poor Dad and Guerrilla Marketing and things like in that nature and started getting really excited about creating my own business that maybe this one would actually take off. And, you know, in the beginning, I would buy things from garage sales or a thrift store and then try to resell it on eBay. And I kind of learned how to do that. And I made, I made okay money. It was extra money for my family. I couldn't complain. And then I decided to uh, make baby shower gifts of all things, because I saw that diaper cakes were doing very well on eBay. And it was just so funny because I can't even imagine myself doing this now. But I was gonna say I, I saw... love I'd love to have seen you making <laughs> diaper cakes. Diaper because... cakes. It's like but I saw what I did is I, I I paid attention to my surroundings. I saw that other businesses were doing this on eBay. And I thought, how could I make it better and less expensive and really up my customer service? And and I ended up doing pretty good selling diaper cakes and um, other baby shower gifts on on eBay. It it became I wouldn't say a full-time income, but I definitely was working full-time doing it because it took a lot of time shopping for all the materials and then going to the post office. It just took a lot of time for okay money. I think I was making around $1,500 a month, which at the time was like, that's, yeah. that was significant in our, in our monthly income. And it helped take the pressure off Orion. Well, I was doing this and then I became pregnant with my second son. And I still did it all through my pregnancy, uh, stayed busy with it, liked making that money. I was learning a lot about business by doing it. And then after my son was born, I realized I, I logistically can't do this anymore. He was a very colicky baby. We found out later that he had sensory issues and high anxiety. And um, he rarely slept. He cried a lot and he rarely slept. There was no time for me to go shopping for all the materials I needed for a diaper cake. There was no time for me to go to the post office. This, the logistics of getting out of the house was very difficult. And so I basically just stopped doing eBay. Shortly after that, a friend of mine said, you know, you really need to have a personal blog so that 
we can keep in touch with, with the bell guards. We want to know what the bell guards are doing. And I said, okay. And so I created a personal blog on Blogspot and it was just, it was just like pictures of my family. It was private. It was only shared with a few family and friend friends of mine. And, um, but what that did is I started reading my friends' blogs who were reading other blogs. And you know how you get into that rabbit hole of reading blogs. I did that and realized women were working from home on their blogs, making money, working with brands and doing all kinds of cool things out of their home using this platform. And I thought, wow, wouldn't it be cool if I could do that? Even if it were only, even if I could only make a few hundred dollars a month, I would, I would have been happy. And so that's when I created MomSpark and I created it on, on Blogger, on Blogspot platform. Didn't even research if, the, if MomSpark.com was available or anything. I didn't even know that you needed a domain. I didn't know anything. I just created it and just decided, hey, I'll do this for fun. I'll share tips. I'll have writers on and, you know. If it doesn't make any money, that's fine. Um, if it does, then even better. And I ended up just loving it, like adoring it. And I went to my first blogging conference a year later after I launched MomSpark. I went to my first blog, Her, and just fell in love with the community. I met a ton of people. And it seems like after that moment, things just snowballed. And in, now it's been almost seven years. I think seven years, right? Seven years? Since yes, I started in 2008? 2008, oh yeah. Gosh. Which is when SoFon started as well. And and here I am today um, doing it as a full-time job and then some. I, I have employees. I, I just can't even get over it. Sometimes I stop and look and I'm like, I don't even know how I got here. And, and it's all, the only thing I can explain is that I just really, really loved it. And I kept exploring um, new ways to make it better and just kept at it. And I think the, the biggest part is keeping at it. If you love it. I mean, if you hate it, there's no reason to drag it out like your store. I mean, there's no reason to keep going at it if you absolutely dreaded it, you know, and you're never really going to do well at something that you hate. You might be good <clears throat> at making sandwiches at Subway, but if you're not super passionate about it, then you're probably never going to find that enjoyment in your sandwich no. artistry. No. <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't work that way. I mean, you have to just, it has to be like in your bones, you know, you wake up and you're like, oh, I just thought of a cool way that I can um, elevate my my business or, or maybe that business is a springboard for something completely different. Like Desiree and I are doing all these other side things. We're both selling Young Living and this, that ties into social media and our blogs. I do social media marketing for brands. I do some consulting for brands who work with bloggers because I'm experienced with that. And I've I've done that for so long that now I can, I can be employed to do this marketing side, which I would have never thought of when I first launched my blog. But my blog has been the springboard for so many other things. This podcast, for example, I didn't know that I was going to talk about business ever or a parent that has their own business, that this would even be a thing. But I found that the more I talked about this when I was at conferences, the more people are really interested to hear how you did it, what exactly you are doing, and how you made money. People are curious about that. And and they... And they want to hear personal stories. They want to know that it wasn't easy and that it's yeah. still not easy. I mean, I, 
it's it's still a daily struggle to try to attempt to balance everything that I want to do that's in my head and all of my obligations and deadlines, and then being a parent too, because people like us constantly thinking about work, and sometimes it's hard to shut that off <laughs> to to remember that the reason why you're doing it is because you want to spend more time with your family. So spend more time with your family. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, And I think that one of the big reasons that we sort of talked about this whole indie parent thing at, you know, like in the hotel lobby last year in wherever the heck we were, we we're sort of talking about how, you know, like a lot of people have misconceptions as to what it is that we do and how we make money. I mean, people would ask me, they would say, how do you make so much money blogging? And I'm like, well, I don't, I don't just blog. That's how. Um, And I think we just want, we wanted to make sort of an all encompassing. This is what it's like to live this lifestyle. This is how we got here. This is, these are the resources we have. This is what worked. This is what didn't work. And, um, we hadn't mentioned yet, but we're going to be doing interviews throughout this series with other people who have made that leap, who have fought that fear of being stuck in a nine to five bloody blah sort of job. And we're going to be bringing their experiences in too. So you don't just have to listen to me and Amy for the next four always on this podcast. We're going to have um, lots of other people on who have also totally rocked the indie parent lifestyle. And um, we will be sharing the good stories and the ridiculous failure stories because you guys deserve to hear that part. It's not all sunshine and rainbows, but it's not all a struggle. So I think that... um, you just just be prepared for total honesty, no hold barred. We're just going to tell it like it is in this whole thing. So thank you so much for listening to our first episode. We've had a lot of fun and uh, we're looking forward to the next ones. If you uh, would like to subscribe, which I hope you will, head to theindieparent.com, which will take you right to our Fancy Pants uh, Blog Talk radio page. You can subscribe there. There'll be a way to subscribe via iTunes. And uh, we would love for you to join our Facebook group, which you can find at facebook.com slash groups slash the indie parent. And all you have to do is join and one of us will give you a little yes, you can come in and um, you can join in the conversation there. Also, if you are wherever you're listening to this uh, podcast, feel free to take a picture of what you're doing or what your indie parent lifestyle looks like right now with the hashtag indie parent. And we'll be uh, taking a peek at those on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.